Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. This week, man, I am so excited to be joined by this person. I first heard about Amy as I was getting ready to do Swami Shuffle 200. And I was like, oh my God, one of the legends is coming. And you all know how I'm sort of a fanboy when I get around these ultra running legends. And so I was like, I got to meet her. And so, of course, I got to meet Amy Adams and then I got to run a little bit with her. And right at the beginning, she gave me one of the best tips that absolutely stayed with me for the entire race. She said, my goal is to start slow and get slower. And that's exactly what I did and finished a little bit before her. And it was just, Amy's an amazing person. You guys are really going to really love this episode. So Amy, you ready to go for a run? I sure am. Well, let's start with the boring stuff. So <laughs> Who are you? Where do you live? What do you do for a living when you're not out being beast mode? And and we'll just kind of get started that way. Yeah, that is the boring stuff. Huh? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I live in Maryland. I'm Amy Adams. I, I live there in Maryland. I've been uh, working for the federal government for about nine years now. I'm a financial specialist. Basically, I do some budget work. And I have four children. Two are grown. I flew the coop. I have two young adult children still here with me. So yeah, it's just, you know, trying to balance it all and keep the wheels moving and get the training in and you know the juggle. So uh, yeah, all too well. When you guys yeah. get a chance to meet Amy Adams, you will say four children, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amy is very petite, but wait until you start to hear about her ultra running chops. So family, four kids. What's the youngest? The youngest is 18. Okay. The 20 year old still here. Um, wow. so, and my oldest is uh, 27 and 25. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So from a, a federal government budget person, you have got quite the resume in the ultra running world. How did you get started running? Where did this come from? Yeah, I've been busy. It was never planned to happen. It just happened. Isn't that crazy how that goes? <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I take it back a little bit. Um, I served in the Marine Corps many years ago. Uh, I hated running. I hated running in the Marine Corps. Ran because I had to. Got out, went to school, went to school some more. Was in New York City uh, getting my master's degree. Um, finished that in uh, 2014. But I was I was pretty unhealthy. Smoking. The most running I did was chasing the subway, really. So, <laughs> you know, not, not really... Uh, Living the, uh, the the healthy life there, so um, I had to have a surgery on my foot January of 2014. I had to have my ankle reconstructed again due to uh, it was a Marine Corps injury years ago. So the VA did that, and I was like, you know, I'm going to quit smoking right now. So I did, and and I never went back. And that was uh, wow. January 2014. Spent that year recovering. It was pretty intense surgery. Uh, graduated my master's, came down here to Maryland, started working for the government. I was like, you know, once I start my job, I'm going to, I'm going to try this running thing again. So about a year went by, you know, from the time of my surgery and then, uh, started, uh, beginning, I guess, 2015, I said, you know, I'm going to try this running thing. I went to the gym. I belong to a, a gym here locally. And, uh, you had to go, it was an indoor track they had, and you had to go around 10 times to be a mile. Okay. Let me tell you, Mike, I about died. <laughs> it absolutely was the worst. And I remember I was running around that track and, and hadn't run in so long. And I'm, mind you, I, you know, I had not smoked in a year. So I thought, I didn't think it was going to be that bad, right? I hadn't smoked in anything. And so I go and I start running around the track and it, it was the most horrible thing ever. And, and I said, well, you know, I have, I have a choice here. I can just say, forget this and, you know, never come back. But I didn't. I said, no, I want to approve on this. And so. That was probably March of 2015, and then um, uh, that year, that later that year, I did the Marine Corps Marathon. So wow! So you March of 2015 ran Marine Corps Marathon in October 2015. Yeah, that was, and that I, was my well, first marathon. Also, awesome. <laughs> yeah, marathon. well, it had to be my first. If I haven't been in the Marine Corps, it had to be my first. Exactly. Yeah. I was signed up for that, and I said, "Wait, I should probably do a half marathon first. So I, I did that a month before the Marine Corps Marathon. So yeah, so I got into running that way, and then. Uh, this was probably, you know, I ran some in 2016 and then late in 2016, uh, one of my Facebook friends, um, he actually uh, was in my squadron. He was one of our pilots uh, when I was serving in the Marine Corps um, my, you know, on Facebook and Billy Morton. I see him. I saw that he, Billy's out there doing this race. I was like, what in the world is this man doing? He's running 100 miles. I didn't know that happened. I didn't know that <laughs> you could do that. And it was, I remember the weekend, it was like, 
was crazy weather and he was running this this hundred mile race and they were having ice they're running in the ice and it, it was devil dog 100 it was actually oh my gosh yeah it was the first year they had it i don't know if you heard about their their, their ice year yeah that was um, i heard that was nasty yeah it's not too far from me it's only a couple hours away from me so he was up there running that and i'm like what in the world is billy doing i blame him for my ultra running to this day he knows this too this is good, all your fault good. You, yeah. you gotta have somebody to blame <laughs> so i i saw that and i'm like people run more than a marathon and they run in the woods and I, I didn't know this happened. So yeah. So then, uh, I did my first 50 K that April, you know, just basically looking more into it from when he was doing that. And, uh, so I did the North face endurance challenge that April of 2017. And then within 10 months I did my first hundred. So, yeah. Okay. Was Rocky raccoon your first hundred? Yes, it was. Yeah. That was my first okay. That's an amazing race. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So before we get more into your ultra running, you discovered something as you were pursuing the ultra running thing that really has changed your life because you you had some struggles early on, right? I sure did. I did. As I got into the longer distance, I had some medical issues that I didn't know that I, I had my whole life. You know, we, when we have our own normal, we know it is normal. We don't know another normal. <laughs> so right. It's right. the best way I can put it. Yeah, so, so describe a little bit about what was going on during some of these longer ultra races. I have an eye condition that went undiagnosed for my first five years of doing ultras. And what happened was, even at Rocky Raccoon, it was my first hundred. I, I remember I, I had to walk a lot because I actually sprained my ankle eight miles into, into the race. So that was great. Wow. So, <laughs> so I made it, it was about, about 50 miles. And then I really had to walk, you know, most of the rest of the race. So I, I did a lot of walking, but I remember, man, my, I'm really nauseous. And everybody said, you know, it happens, Rick is nauseous. And I'm new to this, you know. And so in hindsight, I didn't know that's what it was. But luckily, I had to walk a lot of that race because with this eye condition that I have, um, what was happening was when I'm doing these ultras, I would say um, 10 hours in or anywhere between uh, 30 and 50 miles, all of a sudden I was getting horribly motion sick. I didn't notice what it was at the time. It was absolutely debilitating. And, you know, when you're, when you're starting doing ultras and you're asking other runners, Hey, what's going on? You always hear, you know, oh, everybody gets sick and, um, you know, it's GERD or whatnot, but this was to the extreme. I mean, this was, um, you know, vomiting blood. It was, you know, doubled over, uh, extreme retching. Once it hit me, there was, there was no turning back. I mean, I would literally be in a ball and just. So you'd be out on a trail someplace, 30, 50 miles in, and all yeah. of a sudden you're just doubled up. Yeah. And I, out and <laughs> yeah, not exactly. Trying to figure out what you ate wrong. Right. Just because that's yeah. what we all and do. Okay. What did I eat wrong? Exactly. And I could feel it coming on. And I, and I, I mean, this went on for years. Like, I mean, this, I can't tell you how many races I did up because of this. And, and it would just be time and time again. And it, I never understood it because I would put in the training, I put in the hours, I did everything, you know, changing my eating. I tried everything, you know, as far as, uh, you know, different runners advice, try this, try that, nothing, couldn't get to the bottom of it. And so I started seeing specialists. I had upper GI tract series, endoscopy, colonoscopy, every kind of oscopy, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, nothing was wrong. And they couldn't figure out why I was getting so, it wasn't just sick. It was absolutely debilitating, doubled over just, and it would go on for about three hours. I mean, I would stop running and wow. this would be, I mean, the painful retching to where you know, I couldn't even breathe for 15 or 20 seconds at a time because your body is just revolting so badly, uncontrollably. And so they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. My, my doctors couldn't. I went everywhere. And um, they basically said, well, maybe you, you should stick to 5Ks. And I said, no, oh, <laughs> maybe I should get a doctor. 5K? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this went on for years. I mean, I, it just became, you know, to the point people like, man, I can't believe that you're sticking to this because this is happening over and over. And it got to where, you know, I could finish races sometimes. I know like when I, I finished JFK 50 mile and that was 2018 and I barely, you know, I barely finished it. I was really just like getting sick as I was going, you know, across the finish line. And uh, I remember I went straight to my vehicle and uh, I was there by myself at that race. And, uh, it took me an hour, hour and a half just to get my shoes off. I, I was shaking because wow. the convulsions were so bad. You know, you're, you're shaking as well. I mean, I couldn't even, I didn't even have the muscle control to even take my shoes off, much less drive to a hotel. So, you know, I was, I was the last one in the parking lot. Everybody left. You know, I'm sitting here. In my so you're sitting in the parking lot <laughs> trying yeah, yeah, to figure out to, how to, like, how to just move. To just, 
Let me see if I can get my shoes off. Now let's start with that. So, you know, I could finish some races, and but it, it, it was a rough time. And this went on for about five years. It went on uh, so many races. I, and so I had this whole list. And then once I did get diagnosed to go back and redo all these races that I unable to finish, you know, not knowing what my medical condition was at the time. So I went and did um, IT100 for the second try. I DNF'd it. It was 2019 and then went back in 2021, DNF'd it again. Wow. And um, that's where my breakthrough happened, actually. So I, I didn't finish the race again. Not knowing what's wrong. I went back to the Airbnb and this is where my breakthrough happened. I was literally, you know, once I got out of it, it took about three hours. You know, like I said, it took about three hours to, to get through the the really best sickness. And then I was okay. It's funny because I would come out of it and every, like nothing was wrong after about three That's hours. That's crazy. So yeah. you're, you're going through all this stuff. It takes you three hours or so yeah. to even get to feel like you're human again. And exactly. It's not, and then you were fine. And I'm fine. So I'm laying there. So now we're in the middle of the night, right? Cause I should be out on the course. Right. And so it's probably about two or three in the morning. So I'm wide awake now and, and I'm looking at my phone. I came across a research paper. Just, I don't even know, because at this point, I'm just so desperate, you know, I'm Googling everything I possibly can. And, and I came across this research paper on binocular vision dysfunction, convergence insufficiency. And I just started reading it. I mean, I'm wide awake, you know, feeling perfectly fine at this point. And, and I was like, wow, I think this is me. Like, this is like, <laughs> you know, we don't want to self-diagnose here. But at this point, you're so desperate. No one has right. even considered eyes as being an issue at all. And so... I was so excited, um, you know, on the way home. I didn't even get home. I was on the way home and I found a developmental optometrist specialist uh, near where I live. So I called him actually on the way home and uh, got an appointment really quickly. You weren't um, going to leave this to chance, were you? No, no. I was like, I am born. I, I, you know, I, I knew I knew all along there was there was something and just I knew all along in you know, all of this battle with doing races and DNFs. I said, I'm going to find the answer. I knew I was. So I would just continue training, going to races. It was a cycle. It went on for five years, like the first five years that I was running ultras. And so, you know, this is October of 2021. And, and I went, and I guess about a week later after I contacted that doctor and got the tests and he's like, bingo, this is exactly what you have. And so apparently, you know, I read differently. It's not just isolated to ultra running, but, you know, he said what happened was, you know, I've had it my whole life. It's just, I've compensated in ways that I don't even recognize because it's my normal, as, you know, as I had referenced earlier. So yeah. And so that's, what's really going on is it's an issue with the muscles around the eyes are strong. The nerves for my eyes are not. And so what's happening is when, when you're looking down at the trail, particularly, you know, when you're looking down, you're getting these images, you know, your eyes are feeding two different images to the brain and then which has to make one. Well, I was not having the ability to make one image in my brain. So with the peripheral, you know, when you're looking down so much as you have to with these trail races and you have that peripheral vision, you know, going by so quickly, it was really just a battle of the brains there between the eyes and the brain. And the brain is just, you know, couldn't handle it um, because it wasn't getting the correct signals from my, from my eyes. I wasn't able to, you know, take those quick images and make one. And so, you know, the brain would try to make you stop. And the only way to do that was to uh, basically revolt and get me in a state that, that I couldn't deny. Right, <laughs> so, right. And this is crazy because you completed Buckeye 200 and actually, was that the one where you finished first woman, right? Uh, yeah. Second yeah. overall, I think. Mm -hmm. And that was actually before my diagnosis. So what happened right. is I learned in this five years, I learned that I could do races better than I could keep my eyes up. Okay. Um, so if I could keep my eyes up, you know, Buckeye or a road race or that kind of thing, and I could look further out on the horizon, I found out that I could kind of hang in there. I could be okay. Okay. Um, but it so was it's just like really yeah. tricky trails that or any trail like looking down it was, like I did Yeti 100 I kind of did that okay and but I really had to think the whole race keep your eyes up and so I kind of just had to adapt to that and I knew that it was reg I call regular trail races or any race you have to really look down more it was that's when it would trigger it so you know before I even knew it was an eye condition I picked up on that that difference you know making all the difference in, as far as uh, whether or not the motion sickness was going to kick in. So the doctors had put me on medication knowing it was motion sickness, but not knowing what it was from. But they had given me uh, like Zofran. That didn't work. They had given me uh, like scopolamine patch. And that really just puts you to sleep. So right. here, I, here I am. I'm doing um, trail races, uh, you know, Falling hours, asleep. Well, on, on medication that makes you go to sleep. So it was really great. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, it, it wasn't working. So um, wow. Yeah. So d is it therapy that's helping? Because I mean, you did, you're doing 
really well now, aren't you? Yeah. So after my diagnosis um, from the developmental optometrist, I, I started uh, vision therapy. They put you, I did um, several months of six months of vision therapy and basically just trying to strengthen the nerves and it worked. So I, I did that and uh, I haven't had a problem since. So I finished that early last year and um, Swami 200 last year was my first race after my vision therapy that I was able to you know, complete, not have any issues. Um, now, like I said, that's, you know, more of a race that you keep your eyes up anyway. So yeah. but it was the best and I didn't have any issues. And then I, I went on from there and I, I did, um, I did CNO after that last year. And then you know, the whole list of races, even MMT. Um, yeah, I'll go through it. Massive yeah, mountain it was, trails, yeah, 84 it was, uh, miles at a 24 hour, 42 at a 12 hour, Eastern States, which my gosh, that's a tough one. And then Virgil Crest, which is, and then you went back and did Buckeye again, and Uari, yeah. and Rim to River, Devil Dog, and Run Undead. You're, yeah, that, so that you was had an amazing 2022. I did. I had I had ten races of a hundred or more. So That's it was awesome. really great. That's yeah, awesome. Especially considering, like I said, I mean, coming out of this eye condition and being able to turn it around like that, and I was, I know, I knew I could do that. Um, and I was putting in the training, and I would just get stonewalled at all these races every time, you know, with all the DNFs, and it was so frustrating. But yes, you've got to be having fun now. Is it? Is oh, it a I'm lot more a fun now? Okay. <laughs> it's a whole lot more fun. It's a lot more fun, but you know, it's like I really appreciate it all because because of that experience. Not that you know, I wouldn't wish. I mean, because every time I've ever seen you, you're always smiling. So, oh, I mean, good. you know, that's, that's just, a, a, it <laughs> seems to be, you know, and in talking to other people that, you know, have run with you before, it seems to be the Amy Adams signatures. You're always out there smiling. I, I'm just loving it. I'm telling you, and it was it's crazy because even when I was having, you know, these, these issues with my eyes, you know, before I knew what it was, it's like, I, I was still smiling until that happened, <laughs> Right. but it was, you know, it's just such a privilege and, and to have worked through that. And, um, you know, I'm glad I didn't take the doctor advice and stick to five K's, but you know, keep yeah, fighting I'm, glad, I'm glad you did too, because <laughs> you are, you are setting a fantastic standard for people, especially the way that I really admire the way that you persevered and said, I'm going to find out what's going on because I want to keep doing this instead of oh, just yeah. going, man, I'm going to hit the couch. Oh, no, no, I, I had to find out it was just in me. I was like, there's an answer and I'm going to find it, you know, somehow, some way. And I just never gave up. And I'm just so glad I just happened across that paper. I, I don't even have it now. I don't know what it was. I, I was yeah, just you probably so couldn't find it again if you tried. I probably could never find it again. Exactly. 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 Yeah, was, you know, so but that's, it got that's me providence, man. That's that's just everything sliding together the way it's supposed to. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So you did Swami Shuffle last year. Yeah, I did. A little bit different last year, wasn't it? And this year, yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, it was colder starting. Right. <laughs> colder starting. We had we had less there, and, but um, still same race for me. I'm ready. I, I love that race. You, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm a mainstay at that race. I'll keep going back over and over. So. I, I will definitely be back for another shot at it. I think I can do better. I learned a lot in my very first foray into these long, long races. So, so now you have got an incredible. 2023 season. Want to talk about it a little bit? I do. Yeah. I got all kinds of stuff lined up. Okay. I'm like in awe. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give the secret away. I want you, want you to tell what you're doing in 2023 and some of the big, bad races that most people don't get in that, uh, yeah, bad is a key word, right? One big one one that, (laughs) that is, is a very small percentage of the people who actually apply for this get in. And Amy Adams is in. This is your first time applying too, right? My first time applying. I said, you know, I, all those races in last year and I turned the corner and I have a story to tell. And, and you know, so I applied to Badwater, Badwater 135. And I got in and in my application, I talked about what we just discussed with uh, my eye condition and how, you know, everything is just turned around and that it's just, you know, it's, it's a whole different world out there now for me. And so, yeah, I got into Badwater 135. I'm actually um i'm doing the badwater ultra cup this year which consists of the badwater cape fear it's 51 miles down uh and baldhead island um it's actually next weekend so uh, that'll be starting with that as part of the ultra cup and then i'll be doing uh badwater salt and sea in uh april and that's a three-person team right and you all have to do the whole do you have to run it all together or we do we have to stay together we're staying together i'm doing it uh, Keith Straw and Kaylee Frederick—they're my teammates for that. And so oh, you were kidding me. 
Yeah, it's it's great. We have our team name is called Past, Present, and Future. It, it's, it's really great because Keith is actually he's fifty years older than uh, Kaylee. Um, at six, he's sixty eight. She's eighteen, and I'm in the middle. So we kind of named it Past, Present, and Future. I thought that was pretty cool. That so, is uh, awesome. <laughs> so Kaylee is only eighteen. She's eighteen. Mm-hmm. And now I've just started. What's Kaylee's last name again? Kaylee Frederick. So I and- just started hearing her name, and everybody's going. Mike, when you meet this gal, she's, everybody says way more mature than 18 <laughs> and phenomenal. Yeah. I ran with her at Buckeye this year. So, yeah. Okay. And yeah. Then- Sergio was telling me a little bit about her and I was <laughs> like, wait a second. She was 17 <laughs> at Buckeye last year. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. There's not many 17 year olds. That yeah. That's where I met her. And um, yeah. So when I joined their team. They actually, she was actually on the team for Salt and Sea with Keith. And, and so then uh, I jumped in and we made it a team of three. So that is awesome. Past, present, and future. I love that. Yeah. That isn't that great? Fun. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, that Salt and Sea is not what you would consider an easy course. So it's a very much a warm up for Badwater 135, right? It is. Yeah. It is. It's uh, the train, which, it, it, you know, you have a lot of climbing there too. And so it is. It'll be a good warm up for, um, uh, the Badwater 135, except for the temperature is not going to be quite, right. <laughs> quite there it's yet. Early but, a- or end of April, is it? End of April. End okay. Of April. Awesome. And then Badwater in July. Yeah, I've got and Badwater. What have July. you got smushed in between here? I have the Dogwood Ultras here, uh, actually, the end of the month, which is actually, I'm doing, like I said, Cape, Badwater Cape Fear next weekend. And then the following weekend, I'm doing the Dogwood Ultras 36 hour um, down in Virginia. And then I've got Riverlands 100 early May, going up to Maine. Okay. Doing MMT 100 again this year. Cool. Um, that'll be in May. And then Old Dominion 100, that'll be June. And then right. July will be Badwater 135. Uh, Eastern States, do that again this year. Virgil Crest, that's my favorite. Let me tell you, that's my favorite race. Where is Virgil Crest? Virgil Crest is in New York. It's in. Uh, it's near Ithaca. It's below, um, below Syracuse. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, my so favorite. So it's got some pretty tricky trails then. Oh, I it imagine. does. It does. It's it's great. Um, this okay. actually takes place in a ski resort, a uh, Greek peep ski resort up there. Um, so you're running in the ski resort. Oh, that'll be a blast. You actually go up the uh, the ski hill about seven times, I think. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of climbing. There right. you go. Uh, actually, my, yeah, I came up with more climbing on my, uh, my watch here um, at that race than at Eastern States. Wow. So, that it was, was it was that was so frustrated. I got I finished Virgil Press last year, and I yeah I stopped and watched it down. It gave me twenty two thousand nine nine nine. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like one more foot. Could you just give me one more foot? <laughs> just jump up in the sky, jump up real quick. That's awesome. Foot. Yeah, that yeah, that's awesome. So that's in that early April, and I'm doing grindstone, and then um, not sure which one I'm going to do in October. Whether I do Wari or Cloud Splitter, Splitter. I did um I did a Wari last year. Okay. Just not sure it's a timing thing. I have something going on that month, so I'm not sure which weekend is going to be cloud best. Spl- cloud splitter is fun. Yeah, so I'm going to do either one of those, and then Penhati, yeah. uh, and then uh, Devil Dog 100 again. You know, the okay, one that so started you're do Devil off. Dog again. Yeah, okay, yeah. awesome. The one that started it all when Billy was out there running that back in 2016, and I'm going, what is he doing? So yeah, I'll be going back. I did the I did the hundred this past December too. So wow, um, that then, is a tough hundred. Yeah, deceptively tough. It is. It is. And it's honestly the weather too, you know, so yeah. it gets yeah. a little colder than people anticipate. So um, really got to be ready for that. Grindstone will be a fun one too. It is. I haven't done that one. So yeah. it's a, it's a neat course. It's uh they've changed it a little bit with the UTMB coming in, but yeah, I think it's still going to be a blast. Yeah. And so I'm rounding out the year. I'm ending the year. I'm going to do Tuscobia, which I really, I've got into those winter ultras here. I okay. did Tuscobia 80, um, I guess what was, December before this past one and our and you did one. Arrowhead this last winter, right? I did. I did. So Arrowhead. Tell me a little bit about Arrowhead because <laughs> that that seems like a different one. Yeah. So I did. This was my second attempt at Arrowhead. I tried to do it last year. I didn't complete it. I was in my vision therapy and we didn't get through it because of the the, the problem. You know, the eyes there. So I had I had attempted it in twenty two. And do you know the format of the race? Is that what you No, I don't. Yeah, it's that I'm very yeah. interested in hearing the format of the race and that kind of stuff. So it takes place in International Falls in Minnesota, and it's, you know, the coldest part of the country and the coldest part of the year. It takes place at the end of uh, January. And, you know, so when I did it this year, it was know, minus 30 degrees or something. Wow. And I think, it was, I think it was minus 25 or something during the, when the race started. 
so yeah, so you're pulling your, your sled behind you. They have different divisions. They have uh, the foot division, which is what I did, um, where you pull the sled behind you, with your gear, everything that you need for the race, or they have you know the fat bike or the skis or the kick sled. So there's different okay. divisions. So yeah, so I'm, I'm in the foot division and I'm pulling this, the sled behind me with um, everything from your, you know, you have to have a sleeping bag at, you know, I have a minus 40 sleeping bag and all the gear that you need, you know, everything that you need for being out there. And if anything were to happen, I have a stove, I have, you know, all, all the stuff that you need, your food and everything. And of course, you know, it's tricky too, because you're, you're, you're in a race that's, you know, 20 below zero and you have to take food that's not going to freeze or drink. Right. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. So like, what did you wear on your feet? Um, so I actually wore, uh, wore Gore-Tex uh, trail shoes. I had some Sal- Salomon shoes on, but, you know, just had the toe warmers in there and the wool socks and, and just different layers. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was, it was okay. As long as you're moving, that's the thing. Yeah. But, uh, just ran into, I ran into a little trouble this year there. Uh, so the rule is with the race, if you step off the trail, you, you have to be, you know, 10, 10 feet off the trail. Cause it's a snowmobile trail. You're on these right. snowmobiles. And so you have to, um, be off of the trail for you to stop just for safety. So I stepped off the trail. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take me a shiver nap. So <laughs> what a shiver nap is is so I wanted to step off the trail and basically just flop on my sled and get about 15 minutes before you got too cold and you had to get up anyway. So okay, yeah, so take a shiver nap. It was uh, probably three in the morning and put on my down heavier coat, you know, as to do this and I step off the trail where it looked like a good place to step off and uh unbeknownst to me where i stepped off it was um there was ice under under the snow but everything looked normal nothing looked different you know and uh looked like every other snow around me and all of a sudden i'm probably about eight feet off of the trail and my my right foot sinks through the ice which i didn't know that i didn't know there was ice under there was probably about i don't know 12 inches of snow and then so i'm plodding through the snow to get off of the trail to just plop on my sled just for about 15 minutes like i said and all of a sudden my, my right foot falls through ice and there's water and, you know, Gore-Tex shoes, all of a sudden you get water over them, you have water in them. And it doesn't help. Wow. And also minus 25 degrees. So I quickly jumped back to get back on the trail and then my left foot goes in. Oh. Now, now my sled is attached to me and it doesn't stop like I do. So it's still coming at me. Oh, <laughs> so no. I'm driven over my sled. I, I get back on the trail. And yeah, so uh, luckily, though, right before the race, I said, well, you know, I don't need to take these micro spikes, you know, because it's all about weight. You know, like when you yeah. just want yeah. like, do I need this or do I need that? So it's kind of the same thing there. But, you know, my sled's like 50 pounds. But I was like. You know, I don't think I really need to take my micro spikes this time. You kind of watch the weather and decide last minute what exactly you're going to put in your sled. I said, so since I'm not taking my micro spikes, I'll, I'll take these extra pair of shoes just in case. Well, thank goodness I did because, you know, if I hadn't, I, I would have been in a lot of trouble. Because, oh, no kidding. Frostbite um, yeah, city right there. The doc, the doc told me later, he said, you know, that was <laughs> pretty fortunate that I had you know, the, mind, the mind, mindfulness to bring this extra pair of shoes. Uh, it's not something that you would normally bring, I guess. And so, yeah, so I, I quickly changed, changed my shoes and, uh, you know, but I, it was still too much. I, I just couldn't get my, my body temperature up. And, and so, That's yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I was wow. trying to, trying to, I mean, it's minus 25 and you're, you're taking wet things off and they just, it doesn't work well. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a little nerve damage in my toes, but it's, it's all good now. But yeah, so I made it about 57 miles this year. So I'll be going back next year for that. Um, awesome. But yeah, so I've really gotten into the winter uh, an interest in these winter ultras. Like I said, I had completed Tuscobia 80 just over a year ago, New Year's of 22. And so um, I'm going back to do the 160 mile there. I'll be going back this New Year's weekend to do that. Okay. And where is that one? Uh, it's in Wisconsin. Okay. So that's another cold one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Another wow. cold one. So, so, same you, so you're, you're enjoying the cold stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how did you get started in the 200 mile journey i mean what yeah because you've done last heart of the south yeah i did the i did the first year of that actually the 2020 yeah okay and then i did it again i attended it in 21 but i think i stopped i had to stop at 180 miles or so i had a leg injury okay any better but yeah so i finished it the first year 340 miles i think it was that year now that's in the summer so that's you're doing like extreme cold and you did this extreme hot. Yeah. So I got into that. Now, now remember back then I, 
I, I didn't know what was wrong with my eyes. I just right, knew that I could still go didn't a long have way. Any I'd idea, keep my right? eyes up. Yeah, I, but I had learned, like I said, I had learned that I could keep my eyes up on the horizon and, and be okay. So yeah, I, I hadn't done a 200. I, I had not done a 200 at that point. I had done 100. Okay. 100, a couple, not many, as you know, from like, talking about what was going on with my eyes. But um, I learned that I could you know, keep my eyes up and, and do those longer races. So yeah, I'm gonna try this, and uh, I'd actually tried to get into um, Ball State first. Okay. But, um, I think there was an over, over, overbooking. I guess you would call it on ultra sign up, and then so they, uh, he crafted the new race being uh, last annual heart of the South, and so I jumped on that instead, and uh, so I was there for the. I did the first year of okay. that. And so now that is that where you kind of learned. Okay, what do I throw in my pack? Sleep on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy because like uh, <laughs> I laugh now because some of the things I brought my like, why in the world would I bring that? I actually I brought a collapsible bucket. Like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a joke. Now. Like, oh That's actually and, kind of funny. Yeah, I did. I brought this collapsible bucket. I thought, well, that would be great. I wash my clothes or soak my feet or something. Right. Yeah kind of funny so. did you ever use it uh, i think i used it just so i could say that i used it but not really because i <laughs> had to awesome. use it but then I, I was like yeah i used it but really didn't need to use it <laughs> that is so funny i ended up mailing a bunch of stuff home as they say you're gonna do and i'm like ah, I won't. yeah i did <laughs> lightened your pack along the way i did i did and so yeah. how many how many days did it take you to finish the first one yeah so it took me it took me nine days and some because I, I was you know, even though I was keeping my eyes up, I was having some issues. And so um, it took me a little longer than I had hoped. I actually got pretty sick in the first uh, three days Okay. Uh, there, but uh, muddled through it. And um, actually the last day was my best day. That's um, awesome. Crazy. How did you figure out this brief little nap? Do you think it's because you had to do it because of the eye thing that was going on? I didn't really do it as well before as I did this year. This was the best year I did that. I don't know. I, I just I just got really good at it this year. The first time I, like I said, I did that about five or six times during the race uh, during Swami 200 this year. And the first time I set an alarm, but I actually woke up like a minute before the alarm. I think I set an alarm wow. for you know fifteen minutes. And I woke up a minute before, but uh, yeah, and I just. I just kept at that. And I, but, but I also wasn't sleeping, I guess you could call it at night or regularly more than two hours. So, okay. That, just staying tired. Probably. So, were you taking like little micro naps during the day? Yes, I would have a night sleep, I guess, but it would not be more than an hour and a half or, or two hours. Like I said, I guess between the four nights, I slept seven hours total. Okay. But in my mind, I wanted to have a night. Like I had to separate the days like that. So right. I would eat dinner. Right? <laughs> you know, okay. So try to have that separation between yesterday and today. I think some some days it was happening at midnight and sometimes it was three in the morning, whatever. But but I had to, in my mind, I had to have that separation. And then I would just take a, a nap one or two, a couple of day. So what are some of the places that you napped? Because when I saw you, when I was on my way back and, and you were, you were heading down to Bucks and I think we met in between yeah. Salvo and Avon. Yeah, like, we did. You asked me if I slept at the post office and I probably gave you the weirdest look in the world. Oh yeah, so. those are the best. I'm known for my post office spots. Okay. So tell us some of the places you slept. Yeah. So I slept at the, going down, I slept at the Kitty Hawk post office. That was a good one. I stayed there last year and I really liked it. It's funny. You start rating the post offices, right? I'm so like, oh, funny. this is a five star. <laughs> I, I actually, I gave the Avon post office one star because they don't have any else. So they don't, you can't charge your phone there. So they, they're giving one star, but uh, yeah. So I stayed at the five star post office. Kitty Hawk. That was great. <laughs> I could totally <laughs> picture you going, Ooh, that was five star. <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put out the guide. Um for post offices. So yes, I stayed there and then I stayed again. I guess the Avon post office was the next place. And then I stayed um I stayed in a, a lawn and garden center. Okay. Um, and I stayed somewhere else. I can't remember now where it was. Last year I stayed in the graveyard. That was nice. I didn't stop there this year. Yeah, um, John. John made the graveyard stop this year. For did he make the? Was it the private one? That one's yes. really. Cool. Yeah, that was great. It was nice. I I got a good sleep there last year. I didn't stay there. So <laughs> funny. Uh, I'm gonna have to learn how to do this. <laughs> so. Yeah, John and Rebecca were my hosts last year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I stayed behind there. 
headstones. That was so awesome. The sound side, you know, the breeze blowing. It was great. Um, I didn't, I just probably slept there about an hour and a half, I guess, last year. And uh, just as the sun was going down, and I went into Rodanthe there. But um, I didn't go there this year. But yeah, so I just stayed at a couple of post offices. And like I said, the side of the road and then the lawn and garden chair I found, which was that is so awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I found this lawn and garden center and they have these nice chairs. I'm like, they're like $650 chairs. I'm like, well, I'm moving on up over here. <laughs> 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 like this, like this nice I'm going to test this chair out. Yeah, that was there it. No, that was in Duck, I guess. That was the last time I slept. Okay. And so that I stopped. That was so there. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll take this. <laughs> so now when you were heading from Avon to Buxton, was it still light out? It was, yeah. Okay. I will tell you, don't ever do that at night. I can imagine. That is the worst feeling because you can see the stupid lighthouse as soon as you're on the south side of Avon. Uh Yeah, the sun was just coming up. When I I was, uh, I guess... Just as I got south of Avon, the sun was just coming out. So I didn't get stuck in that. Oh, man, that, that drove me crazy. Because <laughs> I was I hit there probably like, I it must have been about 7 o'clock at night. And I swear that lighthouse just kept getting further and further away. I was so irritated. <laughs> Did you see the paper towels, Mike? Did you see the paper towels on the side of the road? That yeah, just what, made- was, what was that? What was it? You saw? <laughs> I saw the paper towels on the side of the road, but I couldn't figure out why. So, they were there for me. <laughs> so I'm, I was coming back from the lighthouse, and I'm going back to Avon. I'm like, man, this pack is bothering my hip bones. I need something. This is, you know, aggravating me. You know, start pack starts rubbing on your sides there. Yeah. I'm going along, and all of a sudden, on the shoulder, nothing else on the shoulder. And there is this perfectly good, unwet, un, unmessed up, whatever, roll of paper towels laying there on the shoulder of the road, just going, oh, you know, come get me. So I, I said, <laughs> you excited. are kidding me. Because like, I passed it. I'm looking at it going, why is there? Wait, it was there you're first. right. It, it was perfect. <laughs> it was, so, it was, it was, it was a... on the side of the road. I'm, un- I'm rolling, you know, paper towel around my hands. You're trying. I'm making these little, little pads for the sides of my back you know when i'm sticking them in there and you know i finished the race with those things and i never no way <laughs> i went oh the whole gosh. miles with these wads of paper towels on the sides of my hips there uh, i'm glad i didn't pick up the paper towel and walk it, off with it, it is, so, you needed it so. i'm like well i'm not gonna waste a good roll of paper towels so i'm like wadding up extra i don't know about you but like when you're out there and it's like so you start off the race and you're you know you're like oh i can't take this because the weight or that whatever once you get out there you're like oh I'm going to take that in case I need yep. it. I'm going to take it. Yeah. So I, I wanted <laughs> up all these extra paper towels. And then, so uh, I tucked those in my back actually. So when I need a paper awesome. towel, I'm like, Oh, I have a roll of those. And I just un, you know, took one out of my, my traveling roll that I had made. That so yeah, you start so stuffing awesome. things here and there, but yeah, I was so thrilled to find the roll of paper towels and they, you know, they saw my little issue. You have to think outside the box to solve little issues as they come up and, you know, with saying that roll of paper towels, I'm like, bingo, that's exactly what I need. So yep. yeah. Mine, mine was constantly water. So, you know, I had my bladder in my pack full of water mm-hmm. and then I had my scratch and usually kept a soft flask with Gatorade or something in it. And I ran out of water before getting up onto the jug handle because I just didn't realize how much further I had to go. And then I ran out of water again before Buxton. But I thought that I read that the one convenience store was open till 10 Uh, and I got there at nine. It wasn't. Yeah, there's there's off season hours are a little. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they're sort of. Yeah, they've they're fluid. I think is the best way to put them. Yeah, I was hitting things weird times too, and so like on the way back, we had what forty five miles left to go in the race. Once you hit to that, was it the Walgreens there? Yes. Like, yeah. I had to get all of my drink and all my food at that Walgreens. I, you knew that you knew that the grocery hit, stores yeah, were both going to be. Closed. I wasn't going to hit anything else in time for the last forty five miles, which is a good chunk of time that you know I had to carry everything. Yeah. Um, and just think ahead and that's the big thing about these races it's one part i enjoy is really just trying to think through the logistical challenges of it all i enjoyed that too because at first i thought it was really going to be challenging because when i've done my hundreds i get fuzzy brained around two o'clock in the morning <laughs> as soon as i came in i was just <laughs> i was just check out i'm sitting down for five minutes pardon my brain it's turned off but because they're yeah. going to do the thinking for you yeah but this was fun because it was fun and it was very challenging because you had to do all the thinking. It's so for satisfying you. though, right? Yeah. Like, you're, just, you're relying on yourself. You don't have choices. You have to, you have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. I never, I told somebody, I never realized how strong I was until I did Swami's this year. 
because it was like I nailed every decision once I figured out that if you feel like you need to throw a half liter of water in your in the back of your pack, yes, it's weight, but you know what? It's going to pay off. And every time I did it, it paid off. And oh, yeah. Including the sand at the end of the race. Yeah, very much paid off. That I certain rules that like, go out the window when you're you know, confronted with the logistical challenge of two. So yeah, I was fortunate though because I I got to the Harris Teeter in time before they closed in order to hit the sand and was able to get a really good meal. They okay. had some grilled chicken there. I refilled all of everything I had, bought extra batteries because I was like, I am not running out of, I'm not running out of headlamp when I hit that stupid beach. And See, so, that's the other challenge too, is I, I'm doing this on a vegan diet, so I can't hit all the spots that are, you know, others yeah. can't oh, So, so you really, you've really got to yeah. do a lot more planning. Yeah. So there, I learned to, you know, stock up at the grocery stores and what I need, yep. but as far as any other, you know, some of the other places I can't just run in and get this burger or that, you know, yep. so, um, but yeah. it's, it's part of the challenge. It's obviously my choice. And, you know, so it's something that, you know, it just makes it all the more uh, fun to navigate, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Pistachios are my lifesaver. Oh, pecans, man. That was, I was just. Oh, were you pecans? Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. yeah. I've ate so many of this race, so many of that race. Well, yeah, I've, I've done the pistachios. So one, one section. All right. So the, the pistachio packets all look exactly alike. So I just kind of in a daze threw the pistachio pack in, put it in my, in my pack and everything. And I unwrapped it and I poured a bunch in my mouth. They were not shelled. They were uh, in the shell. <laughs> I, I was like, I started to crunch. I was like, uh, <laughs> that's not going to work. No. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wandering down the highway, <laughs> shelling pistachios. I'm sure if anybody <laughs> saw me, they would have thought it was weird. I did get kicked out of the Sanderling resort. I was charging my phone They're like, in, nope. <laughs> in the conference center. And this guy comes in and he's like, sir, you're going to have to leave. This building is closed. <laughs> and I was like, I just, I'm just charging my phone. I just got a 40 more miles to go and just need to get a charge so that, you know, my wife knows when to pick and me up. Sir, we do not allow the homeless to stay. <laughs> <Sadly. And laughs> That's when you've been, you know, you're a true journey. So let's kind of go. You've, I mean, I'm just really impressed with your running resume and I cannot wait. This year is going to be so exciting. I, I we're we're going to keep fun. tabs on you because yeah, yeah. You, it seems, Amy, like you have turned this corner and you found that joy of running. Oh, truly. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm sitting in my running clothes right now. I'm awesome. Ready to go for run. <laughs> there you that. go. Yeah. No, tell, I really tell us a little bit about what is it about running that makes Amy who Amy is? Yeah. I, I really need, I found that I really need the free range brain. I guess that's what I call it. The free range brain. I'm sure you had a good experience with that out there. Swami, you know, doing these races where it's just, you can just be in the moment and think anything and you don't have the the everyday on your shoulder, you're not getting, you know, the work emails or this or that, or, you know, um, just being able to be in that element. And that's just something that I just, I find that doing a lot of these races or doing so many races that it just really helps me focus. You know, when I come back to real life, I have two children here, they're adult children, um, both of them have special needs. So it's a little different for me. You know, like when I do my training, you'd be probably surprised to know that my training for all these races, I would say 99% of my training takes place on a 0.7 mile loop in front of my house. Oh, you're um, kidding. Yeah. So I run this loop over there because I don't want to be too far from my kids. You know, they're, right. they're, they can't, they can't be too far from them. So like I said, even though they're, you know, they're young adults, uh, they have special needs that they do need to um, have me close by. So I find, you know, being able to be these races, it's good for me. It's good for them. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so who watches them when you're away at races? So they stay with family or like I had um, someone come at night um, when I was out at Swami and stay with them. So, yeah. okay. Are they special needs to the point where they'll be with you pretty much always? Yeah. So my, my son, he's 20, he's almost 21. He he has autism. So he's finishing a program uh, with the County. Uh, he can do that till he's 21. So he's almost aged out of that. And then my daughter, she's a senior in high school. She has Down syndrome. So she's finishing up her school year and then she'll be going into a post-secondary program with the County too. So, you know, it's, it's, they can't be left alone. I mean, that's, but you know, they, they're great. You want to do a race? What day are you going to be done? Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like they they just, they just think it's kind of normal that it's like one day. Yeah. It's it's not when are you going to be home? Yeah. <laughs> I I just have to ask you what motivates you, Amy? Uh, right now, I mean, it's just 
I'm just still so over the moon about finding out what was wrong with me. I mean, it, just the depths of, of that problem and how that really was just, it just got me down so bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was horrible, you know, to put in all that work, like, and then, and then just go out there. And because I was running 60 or more miles a week, 70 miles a week and, and doing other cross training and doing, I was putting in the work right? and then you go out there and it's just, boom, it just over and over and over. And it was, it was so so frustrating and so you know I, I just am so grateful I'm so grateful to be able to be doing it and it's I want to do it all now you know so that's awesome um, yeah so that right now that's where I'm at and and before what motivated me before I had found out what was wrong was just finding out what not to find out what was wrong and I just got hungry for it you know so that's that's really where I'm at and I don't I don't see it I don't see it waning I don't see it going away I just you know I just see all that's possible and it's just the more that I do the more I want to do so yeah it's, it's ride i am so excited for you i just to be able to figure it out and i have not had any uh motion sick issues at all and, and you know going from the extreme that i was sharing with you to not have any now is just amazing and that's um, in a year maybe a year and a half yeah so yeah since uh right at a year ago march of last i haven't had any issues at all so. that's got to be amazingly freeing to know oh, yeah. that you figured it out you've done the hard work of doing the therapy and all the exercises with your eyes. I don't know another ultra runner who has this. If there is, please let me know. If contact me because I don't, you know, I would love to talk with them. We gotta, I've never, I would really be interested if there are other ultra runners that are fighting this, that are also going through the, well, maybe I'm just not built to do this. Yeah. I don't, you know, it would be, it would be so sad to, you know, if, if there were these other ultra runners who, you know, heeded the advice of just stick to five Ks when, you know, not knowing what was wrong with them, because this is not something that was on the radar of any of the, the doctors that I had seen. And I'd seen several specialists trying to figure this out and just chasing everything. Um, even contact, I contacted some schools about some, you know, some studies and just, I just, I didn't know where to go. So to just uh, hopefully give hope to someone else that, you know, think outside the box a little bit and, and, and be your own advocate and just you know, start digging around because that's that's what happened to me. I mean, no, no one could give me an answer. I mean, this went on for five years, literally. So wow. and a whole lot of whole lot of DNF. So yeah. um, now now I'm just kind of going pew, 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 going back and getting all the ones that I, I you know, wasn't able to finish. You know, the you're going to go get revenge on everything you didn't finish. Eastern stays with one of them. I just so like went back into that. Uh, Indiana Trail. Um, I haven't been back to Indiana yet. I didn't uh, go to the. I haven't been back yet, but I will I'll probably go next year. So. Okay. Awesome. That yeah, is this so year exciting. I did, because uh, this year I did Rim to River instead of uh, IT100, which um, was another one that I had DNF as well. So right. I had a whole bunch of them. That, so Rim to River was another one that I had gone back and um, completed this past year. Yeah. Uh, I told my I, wife I have, to, I have to go back and do Lean Horse again because I DNF'd it. Um, yeah, my first year I DNF'd it. I probably shouldn't have started it. I had a hole in my ear. And so I had severe vertigo. And um, to the point where one time I was running in the Bighorn Mountains and I was probably about eight miles from my truck and I passed out cold. Oh. Yeah. On a trail. Nobody oh. really knew where I was. And yeah, I found myself waking up on a trail going, I just lost an hour. I wonder <laughs> what happened. And figuring out that I had passed out because I had a hole in my ear. And so I tried lean horse with a hole in my ear and uh, the extreme vertigo left me um really bad shape at 50 miles and i probably you know i i had enough time i should have just gone ahead and, and laid down and just figured it out but i didn't know at that time that you know when you got so violently ill that you could actually just you know take a chill take a break you know get it you know get it back underneath you get some food in you and i had i had another 20 hours you know before cutoff and i and i dropped and um, so I, I kicked myself for that one. So I will we go learned. back to Lean Horse and do it again. Learn so. something, go back. That's important. So yep. we back. Yep. But, you know, it means so much more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I never dreamed that I could do a 200 miler because this is, a, this is my 12th year running and I started out extremely overweight. And, you know, I only, I, I started doing ultras in, well, I started with my 50th birthday when I turned 50 in 2014 and that was my first kind of it was I, you know, I did my own course and then you know we lived in a little bitty town in Wyoming and the owner of the sports stop the sports shop told me about ultra marathons and said I should you know get entered and do it and so she, then she entered me in one and uh, that was my my first my didn't first it sound so race. crazy at the time like like 
who you know they're like ultra marathon that's just crazy i didn't even know there was such a thing <laughs> i didn't I either like, i was like, yeah, I was I like didn't know okay marathon and i didn't like marathons because there were too many people so i was same, like same I, I just you know it's just intimidating i'm a small town kid and so you know going out with 40,000 of my best friends and running <laughs> is like no <laughs> i'm yeah, sorry. I'm the same way i won't, yeah. I won't do this big one now yeah I so know. i love the small stuff i just i love the ultra community it's so welcoming and you know can somebody that's a geek like me because i was never an athlete and so you know for me to be all out here doing this kind of stuff i'm just thrilled that i it's like you i'm just very grateful and i think that's i think that's that puts you in a good spot when you when you're running grateful yeah and i found my people that's a big thing yeah. too like I, I found my people and, and that's i just love going to the races and meeting more people and seeing you know others that i know from other races and just the whole community so i mean it's just it grows and grows and you know getting to get out there and and, and be with people with the like mind and, and you know likeness that we share so that's that's a big part of it for me it's huge so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna bring this one to a close it's been an absolute blast amy so you've, you've got somebody and they come up to you and they're, they're getting ready to run either their first ultra or their first, you know, journey race. What's the biggest piece of advice you would give them? Take what everyone tells you and then just craft your own out of it because, you know, you're going to find what works for you. And that's just, that's, it sounds so cliche, but it's really the truth. Think outside the box for yourself. That you is know, awesome. And have fun. Just really think outside the box for yourself and, and advocate for yourself. If you if you encounter the issues that I did or, or anything similar, you know, just uh, really advocate for yourself and keep trucking, keep going, and you'll, you'll get there. That is awesome. Well, Amy, you are doing spectacular things. I'm really, really proud of you. It is just a joy to finally get to meet you. And, I'd love to uh, come back after Badwater. That was, I'll tell you real quick, my crew. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. I have three retired women Marines. As my crew, no way, it, including including my former senior drill instructor from when I was on Paris Island. Yeah, back in the no season. way. Yes, yeah, so, so she's it's actually like my, the Jarhead team going they, out they, there. Yeah, exactly. So between all of us, we have what, almost seventy years of Marine Corps experience. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, go ahead and tell us their names real quick. Yeah, so Janine Reeves, uh, she was my senior drill instructor um, back when I joined in nineteen ninety nine. So yeah, she's she's on my crew. I have Diane Durden. Um, she's, uh, another friend. I, I know her through the Marine Ultra Runners uh, Club of America, which I'm part of, which is basically a group of, uh, Marines or former active duty Marines that, um, uh, have run ultras. So I met her through there. And then Sally Hernandez, of course, uh, from yep. Swami, as you know, so, uh, they're all three are retired women Marines and they are on my crew. And as you know, I was in the Marine Corps as well. So it's going to be a good time. <laughs> what a phenomenal badwater right? team! I no, I had no. to give I had to give them a shout out because it's it's pretty unique. It's going to be pretty amazing out there. So. All right, so close us out with a good hurrah! Hurrah! Thank you so much for joining me yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life. <laughs>